This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Automate everything possible. Automate your mortgage payments, automate your credit card payments, anything that can be automated do, especially those 401k contributions. Automate everything. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you so much for being here today, everybody. There comes a time in our lives when we're ready to take control of our finances. Perhaps we're sick and tired of our mountain of student loans or our pitiful savings account, or maybe we're finally ready to invest for our retirement. So where do we begin? There are so many things to do and we're way behind. Have no fear, my friends. I've invited Bobby Rebel on the show today to share how we can all become financial grownups starting now. Bobby is a certified financial planner and the host of the Financial Grownups podcast. Her show and her book, How to Be a Financial Grownup, captures unique personal finance stories from inspirational leaders like Tony Robbins, Drew Barrymore, and Kevin O'Leary. She is also an award-winning TV anchor and a personal finance columnist, most recently at Thomson Reuters, which is the largest news organization in the world. Bobby's also a proud New Yorker living with her husband and her three kids. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, Andy. I'm so excited to be here. Now I can add this to my resume. Oh, I awesome. I was a guest on your show. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for that compliment. Now I know I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bobby, what does it mean to be a financial grown-up? So it doesn't mean having a bazillion dollars or being perfect at everything. It's really just about being intentional about your financial decisions and doing your best and doing things on purpose, not just ignoring it and figuring it'll work out, but being deliberate. I love it. I love it. So, you know, we have these moments and you and I, you and I've chatted on, on, <laughs> on your show where we just kind of get jolted and have this epiphany moment. What, what, what causes somebody to have that moment to say, Hey, it's time for me to, it's time for me to grow up financially. Well, this is exactly the right show to talk about that on because it usually is when you go through these life events like getting married or having a kid because things are changing and you are forced to grow up by external factors. It's very rare that someone goes, hey, I'm having a you know, being responsible for nothing. Let me just suddenly start, you know, really <laughs> focusing. Usually it's it's kind of put upon you. And, it, and hopefully it's a happy thing like getting married or having kids. Sometimes it can be having to take care of a parent as we get older or having, you know, God forbid, an illness in your family or something that that happens that you are forced to really wake up and be an adult and and then also focus on the financial aspects of that. So when it's it's really something that matters in our lives with our family, we we need to jump in and say, hey, right. All right. It's I've had a a lot of fun. I'm ready. I'm ready to take control here. There are some people that, of course, you know, we have some very precocious, you know, little children that sometimes do that. I'm sure Zoe is already a financial grown up, but not all of us. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so w- when was your moment? When did you feel like, hey, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to be a financial grown up? There were many moments, Andy, many. It, it's a constant evolution. <laughs> but 
Thankfully, I think that I I had a very tough time in my 20s. I got married relatively young and I was divorced um, in my 20s um, from a brief marriage. And that was the first time I kind of realized, wait a second, I can't just be my parents' kid. I can't just be my now ex-husband's wife. I have to be an individual and own my own financial future. I know that's become a saying for some companies, but basically the idea was whether I get married, have kids, whatever happens in my life, I needed to know that things were going to happen and I needed to be okay. And I needed to create a base of skills, of money in the bank, resources, et cetera, that would create a base of financial security for myself, just for myself, First, kind of like putting that um, the mask on the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help other people, knowing that things could change around me, but I needed to own it. Hmm. How, how has and that manifest itself in your relationship now with your with your current husband? Are you guys having constant money conversations? Are you feeling that that ownership now? How are things? How are things changed? I'm feeling the ownership, Andy. Yeah. No, I mean, my, my husband, we, I, we were married as a second marriage in our thirties and because we both had failed early, let's just say it. Um, I think we came very determined to win. And we also knew the importance that conversations about money play in a successful marriage. And so we do have those conversations, but we also focus very much on streamlining our finances so that we're not constantly talking about it because that is not fun. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the big things that are important, but truthfully, in terms of the logistics and the day-to-day, I run it. And I talk a lot about someone has to be the CFO of your family. In my family, I'm the certified financial planner. My husband works very intensely at his job. He travels a lot. So I am the person that makes sure the bills get paid, that makes sure we have insurance for the right things, that makes sure the kids' medical forms get filled out, all the permission slips, all the little details that go on in your life are on me. Now, it's there's an open book. He can see what's going on at any time, and we will discuss any big decisions. But at the end of the day, I do believe someone has to own that. Well, that's cool. So, And I know that's controversial. Some people really believe in everything should be equally split and split up duties, but for us, that's what works. No, it's got, it's got to work for whatever relationship you're in, right? I mean, everybody's got their own uh, recipe for success, and it sounds like that one works well for you too. So let, let's say that somebody's listening to this right now and saying, hey, nobody has control in my house. No, there's no CFO. There's no, there's no junior finance person. Someone's got to step up. I mean, at the end of the day, or, or truthfully, you can outsource a lot of things these days. You can hire somebody to manage your money, but again, that would probably be a cost. Hmm. So that's a decision, but someone's got to step up. That is being a financial grown up, And most of the stuff is not very hard. You just have to take the time to focus and learn how to do things. And it is pretty simple. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people use the excuse of just, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time to think so about automate. it. I'm busy, you know, things like that. What, what, what can they you do? You can automate. You could automate. Take a day. People talk about having me time and I need a day for wellness. We'll take a half a day. One day when you would normally take a vacation day even. Sorry, but take it. It'll pay for itself. Trust me. It'll pay for a vacation someday probably. But take a half a day and go through and automate everything possible. Automate your mortgage payments. Automate your credit card payments. Anything that can be automated, do. Especially make sure you dive into your HR website at your job and automate those 401k contributions. You can even automate increasing them by 1% once a year or sometimes even more than once a year, but automate everything. And that way you're not stressed 
chat about stuff all the time. And that way you're not having conversations with your spouse all the time. Of course, check in about big decisions, but that shouldn't be the everyday dinner conversation in your family. You mentioned the retirement, getting with my HR person. Let's say I'm listening. I'm not even saving anything for retirement. Talk, talk to me about those conversations I need to have with my HR person to get that going. Well, the truth is you don't even need to have a conversation with a person because in 99% of companies, it's on a website. It's so much easier than even picking up the phone. It's literally logging on to your corporate website and in almost every website, it is right there front and center, how to put money into a 401k. The bigger decision actually is whether to put it into a Roth 401k or a regular 401k. In most cases, if you meet the income requirements for a Roth, it's going to be better off to pay the taxes now. Basically a Roth, in short, you're going to pay the taxes up front and then everything is growing tax-free. In a regular 401k, you're going to pay the taxes when you take it out. And the theory of that is that maybe when you're retired, your taxes might be lower. I'd rather get the taxes out of the way and just know I'm free. Know that when I look at that number, I'm free and clear. But you can do most of this without even talking to a human being, Andy. That's how easy it is. So it's really important to start doing that kind of automated stuff. And then automate everything you can. Automate 529 contributions. You automate your taxes just by filling out the forms when you first get your job. So think about it that way. The more you can't, the more you're not touching every day, the better it's going to be in almost every case. I love it. I love it. And and then as you're researching the 529 and the 401k, what are some pitfalls to to look out for when you are, when you're doing that? Because it it can be intimidating, all these acronyms and numbers and things like that. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, first of all, the most important thing is just to do it. Okay. Doing a 401k versus not doing a 401k is always a win. Within that, the 401k from your company often has choices and you can look and see the costs, different, different mutual funds. So one thing that you want to look for, and in many cases avoid is the target date fund because they're often funds of funds. So the fees are on top of the fees, not always, but often still might be right for you, but that's something to kind of look out for. They can be more expensive. Index funds will generally be less expensive. So within the discretion that you have in your 401k, look for what is best for your needs. Also, when you look at the 401k, find out what you're paying because many people think that their 401k admin fees are covered by the company, but in fact, you are paying. So if you find out that your 401k or retirement plan is very expensive on a relative basis, let your HR people know. They may not even realize it. They may have inherited the plan from other people. The fees may have gone up over the years in a greater proportion to other ones. So that's it's fine to just flag it for your HR department and say, maybe we can look into getting lower cost admin for our 401k. Love it. I love it. Well, so, you know, some people I've, I've spoken to talk about retirement. Yeah, I would, I would invest for retirement, but man, I've got these student loans that are, they've been around forever. Where's the best place for people to start if they just want to tackle these student loans? Well, I think the most important thing actually is to take a step back from that, Andy, and not get the student loans in the first place. There are people hmm, that have used student loans for things other than tuition. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> you're, you're, talking, and, I mean, you're talking fantasy here, lady. Well, the truth, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you reveal that in a minute. Okay. Uh, or maybe we'll just send them to my podcast there to hear what exactly Andy <laughs> spent his student loan money on that was not tuition. It's shiny mm, and it goes on a lady's finger. So, we'll just, Oh, we'll no. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny, right? Oh, yeah. Just not every penny of the interest that you paid. That's right. 
But I interviewed recently a doctor that was, it was a Lister episode and I couldn't believe it. He bought a car. His colleagues were buying tech stocks in the dot-com bubble with their student loan money instead of paying for tuition. So the first thing you should do is don't take out more student loans than you need to actually cover school. So basic. And yet so often, I now am hearing stories about people buying cryptocurrency Oof. with their student loan money. Exactly. So it's ridiculous. But if you have it, it's always a good idea to look at the actual numbers and run the numbers and see, okay, I think you had said, Andy, your student loans were in the 6 or 7% range. Yes. Sometimes you can you can refinance them. You can consolidate them. There's a lot of companies like SoFi, Student Loan Hero, companies that do that. And, you can, and I have no affiliation with those companies, by the way. And you can get a lower rate, consolidate them, and that will actually help as well. But I'm a big believer in just working hard, do the side hustles. More money does solve a lot of problems. We'll be back to the show in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors today, everybody. Let's jump back into that interview. You know, some, some other financial grown-up moments that I've been hearing about through, through talking people who are listening to the show or that call in or ask questions is, um, you know, fighting the, 
you know, the only live once the YOLO, right? Like these urges to spend money when you see other people out there doing the same thing. How, how do you, how do you internally just ignore what's going on out there and then just say, Hey, I really, I really have to clean up my mess. What are, what are some things that people can do to, to start making a difference? Yeah, I'm laughing at that question because here in New York City uh, with my young son, my 11-year-old in private school, I know nothing about that, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But seriously, I would just hit the pause button, first of all, and just take a step back. Um, You know, think about what your values are and what you see from them. If you're tempted to buy something, for example, just hit the pause button. And if you still want it in 24 hours then maybe, and by the way, if you still want it in 24 hours, if it's like an item that you were shopping for, they sometimes will give you a discount. So it's also, that's another way to save money. But in terms of people, you know, I think it's okay to turn off social media as just a shallow, easy solution for a little bit. Take a break, turn off the screens, read a book. I just read books last weekend for the whole two days and it was great. I didn't have that purpose in mind, but it really calmed my mind. So just getting away from the screens. And also it's good to have a real conversation with your friends that you may perceive as not having any spending limits or any budgets. And I'm not talking about people that are super flashy, but just friends that you think maybe are just super free with their money and no concerns because they may actually have budget concerns just like yours. And it can be really beneficial to have those conversations. It could be as simple as if you make dinner plans with friends. Um, I'll sometimes just say, hey, let's make a budget friendly wink, wink. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. And that's fine. I mean, if they're your real friends, it's fine. And sometimes maybe you will go out and splurge. But even with my son, I was thinking about putting him in camp a day camp before he goes to overnight camp because we have one week between school ending and that um, the overnight camp. And my son was interested in going to this very expensive parkour camp that, that goes on for a week. And I was thinking maybe he could go with his friend and I mentioned it to the friend's mom and she said, okay, we could think about that. And then I mentioned that, gee, it's this much per day and, and it's a lot per day. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I know. That's why I was hesitating. And I had no idea that it would even be something she would even think about. And she said, you know what, maybe instead of sending them to camp, I'm already paying a nanny for my two kids. Maybe we'll just have the boys play together at my house. And that way we can both do our work and the boys will have the same time together and we won't pay. We would be paying double basically because we would each be paying the daily camp fee. And that's just by bringing it up. And she was so relieved. And this is not someone that's poor or struggling or anything, but it's kind of like, no, we really don't need to spend that money. And she was really happy about that. So don't make assumptions that people that, even the nicest people that you you see doing all these things, they might have their own ways of saving money and they care too. Just because someone has money doesn't mean they don't budget and they're not mindful of their money. I love it. That's great advice. I mean, we do need to jump out of the Instagram world and, and realize the, the reality of what's going on in people's lives. You know, you and I like talking about money. Um, it's something that's just in our DNA, I think. I, 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 People who are listening to this right now maybe are thinking, well, I, I can't talk to somebody about money. That would just make me feel uncomfortable, make them feel uncomfortable. Are, do you think that's just the wrong way to think? 
I think it depends on the relationship and the situation and the need of that relationship. You don't really need to talk to your friends about money if you don't want to. I mean, you you could just suggest a restaurant in the scenario I talked about and not say, hey, if they're not a friend that you feel comfortable saying, hey, let's go somewhere, you know, budget friendly because we're saving up for summer camp. You don't have to, but you could just take charge of the situation and say, I heard about this great restaurant and not mention that it's budget friendly. So if it's not necessary, you don't have to. Now, in a marriage, it's going to be necessary. So if you're getting married to somebody, you need to find a way to be able to have conversations. So it just depends. But if it's not a comfortable situation and you don't have to, that's okay. I love this. It's great advice. Well, we're, we're, we're touching on a, a variety of grown up moments here for us to, to really jump into, uh, you know, really taking control of our finances, having these important conversations and getting rid of our debt retirement. One, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about before we, we head out is, uh, insurance. I know that this is not a sexy topic whatsoever, no. but it is, it's super crucial to protect our families. What's, what's the most important types of insurance that we need as parents? Uh, as we grow up? The minute someone's pregnant, get life insurance. Absolutely. That is absolutely the most important thing. I think I mentioned to you before we started recording, um, my, my, um, my mom lost her father early in life. And had he not had insurance, who knows what her life would have been. She was able to go on and go to college and, all, and so on. And so it's so important. You don't know what life will hold. So the minute there's the possibility of children in the picture, it's really important to have life insurance. And also, if you have dependents in any way, you should have life insurance, whoever that may be. But certainly with children, that's important. It's also important to have disability insurance because especially if you have one breadwinner in the house, something could happen. And we don't always think about that, but disability is more common than losing your life um, when you're young. So you need to make sure that you can still have that cash flow to support your family if it's needed. Hopefully it won't ever be needed. Then there's things that are sort of discretionary. So for example, my husband and I are about a decade older than you. We're in our 40s now. And it's young for this, but I just love insurance, Andy. I don't know. But we have long-term care insurance now, which we picked up recently. And um, we just I just like the idea of having it because it basically will cover if we need to be in some kind of a nursing home when we're older. I don't want that to ever happen to be a burden for our children because those things can be very expensive. That's oh. extremely discretionary. We are young for it. And it's controversial. It's definitely something that a lot of people don't think is needed. So that's something to see what's right for you and certainly not something usually needed at such a young age. We like it. I'm also a fan and again, controversial of pet insurance. Anyone that follows me on social media knows I have a Morky named Waffles. We are considering getting a friend for Waffles soon. So I really don't ever want to make a decision based on money for her health care. I know that I would not. It's it's like your engagement ring story. I know I just blew the surprise now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm going to make an emotional decision. If, if anything is needed for my waffles, we're going to do it. And we're just going to drain the bank account. And that's not financially responsible. This way... The bank account that gets drained will be the insurance company's bank account. And hopefully that will never happen. But I don't want to ever say, oh my gosh, I have to spend a child's savings to save the dog. That just That's just not where I want to go. So for me, pet insurance is very important, even though the math does not always work the way people would like. It makes you feel comfortable. It may, it's, it's emotional. It's security. 
The math is tricky though. So I can't endorse it for everyone, but for me and for my family, pet insurance is something that's very important to us. That's great. And then uh, what names are you considering for uh, pet number two? So my husband wants Rocket. Mm -hmm. I want Daisy. I like it. So we'll see. Nothing that's like a good pairing with waffles, like waffles and no syrup or something. People have suggested pancakes. (laughs) You're not having it. Okay. I I want Daisy. I don't know. Rocket waffles was almost Rocket. So I don't. I feel like Rocket might win, but. I don't know. We'll have to report back. I like it. Well, it's, it's cause for another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bobby, you have spoken to 30 financial role models for your book and then even more now for your awesome podcast, which I've had a chance to not only listen to, but be on. Yay. Yay. What was one of the coolest, most grown up fun tip that uh, stuck out to you in all your conversations that you had? I have to ask. Oh my gosh. There are so many. I don't pick favorites. I think people have to listen. I always say my most recent interview is my favorite interview. I mean, the tips are all over the place, Andy, as you know, people talk about flossing your teeth to save money. People talk about getting freebies and exercise classes. People talk about the high, low restaurant method. There's all kinds of quirky tips. There's one that is about diapers and plants, How's that for a tease? So there's all kinds of stuff happening in the Financial Grown Up Podcast. It is definitely a quirky and eclectic personal finance show, but we're having a really good time. And my guests bring the most amazing money stories. Every we do talk about paying off debt and things like that. And we do talk about student loans and insurance and all those important things. But we also have a lot of entrepreneurial stories. We have stories about how people choose to spend their money on all kinds of crazy things and the kinds of investments people make and real estate. It's all over the place and always entertaining. I'm always smiling at the end of interviews with my guests like you. And so it's a lot of fun and I hope people will tune in. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Bobby. Where's the best place for people to find uh, your book um, and, uh, and purchase it? So my book, easiest place is Amazon, or you can just go to my website, bobbyrebell.com. There's lots of buy the book buttons there. Excellent. And then for people who want to listen to the show or just connect with you, where's the best place to go? So my website is just my name, bobbyrebell.com. For the podcast, it's bobbyrebell.com forward slash financial grown up podcast. And uh, I am on all the social media channels at Bobby Rebel. Instagram, I'm Bobby Rebel with a number one afterwards. Um, we'll see if I can get Bobby Rebel back. We're working on that. Somebody beat um, you to it. <laughs> no, I messed it up actually. I wish I wish I could say that, Andy. I oh. messed it up and they took it from me. And they won't give it back. It's a long story. I know. It's so sad. But I I, I just messed it up. I don't know. We'll see if we can get it back. Um, But it's locked away. Instagram's fickle that way. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. I'll put all those links and resources in the show notes for everybody to... connect with you. And I really appreciate your time today. It was a blast talking to you, helping everybody become a more grown up financial person in their lives, being a financial grown up. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for your show. I really love it. I love the values that you talk about and your wonderful advice. Oh, thank you very much, Bobby. I appreciate it. This interview was all about action and tips for your financial success. Bobby does not mess around. She wants you to win just like I do. And she hinted at an extremely embarrassing interview that I did with her. 
and uh, I'll put it in the show notes for you to check out. Let's just say it wasn't a very financially grown up move on my part in my late 20s. <laughs> anyway, I'll put it in the show notes. You guys can check it out to help us all grow up financially. Here are my top three takeaways from today's interview with Bobby. Number one, don't have time to fix your finances. Automation is your friend. Bobby hit the nail right on the head with this one. You do not have to be a financial wizard to develop strong financial habits because automation does all the work for you. You set it and forget it. And then you look back years later and voila, you got a boatload of cash. Automated savings, automated mortgage payments, automated bill pay. This way, you're allowing the super duper computer robots to create wealth for you. My favorite is the automated 401k contributions. When I started my job almost five years ago, I automated my 401k contributions by maxing them out. My account balance was zero. And now almost five years later, voila, 120k. Yes, we had an awesome market during those five years, but automation definitely did the trick. Low cost index funds, a company match, and I just left it alone. If you're not contributing to your 401k or taking full advantage of your company match, get on it today, my friends. Number two, don't overthink your retirement options. Another great point by Bobby is that people sometimes get all flustered about how many stocks versus bonds or if they have the right mutual fund or not. All of this confusion and complexity precludes people from even starting investing for their retirement at all. Bobby's advice, just start. Being in the market, investing in something is much better than sitting on the sidelines. You're missing out on major compound interest by waiting. Number three, if you're having money issues, fight the YOLO. (laughs) The you only live once phenomenon can grab a hold of you and drive you into major debt. New cars, bigger homes, fancy clothes, and dinners are all super fun and exciting. Believe me, I love those things. But if you can't afford them, you just have to fight the urge. And I'm not talking about what the car dealership says you can afford or the mortgage broker says that you can't afford. Don't listen to them. They want your money. (laughs) Of course. They'll say you can afford a half a million dollar home even if you can't. The only way... To truly know what you can afford is by laying out your income and expenses and seeing how you can experience the joys of life without going into debt or going broke. Yes, talking about laying out your finances, living on a budget, and really studying what you have. I don't want to be a joy kill or a buzz kill, but... Spending more than we make will not help us build wealth. It won't protect our families. And all of these nice things that you thought would bring you joy will start to steal your joy. And as Bobby said, if friends and family are the ones that are putting the pressure on for you to spend, then it's time to have a polite but honest conversation about your financial limits and goals. I think you'll be surprised, actually, about how understanding your true friends and family will be when you share your passion for financial success with them. So those are my top three takeaways. Number one, use automation to help you fight the I don't have 
time excuse. (laughs) Number two, don't overthink your retirement options. And number three, if you're having money issues, fight the YOLO. We all have to grow up sometime, right? But that doesn't mean all the fun has to go away. Being financially responsible can actually be a lot of fun if you embrace it as a challenge and celebrate your victories. Let's face it, putting money in your 401k is its not sexy, my friends. But man, neither is not being able to retire with dignity when we're in our 60s. Some small, simple actions taken today can give us a lifetime of joy. It's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Emily from Cincinnati called in to share a recent debt-crushing victory. Take it away, Emily. Hey, this is Emily from around Cincinnati, Ohio, sharing my win. I paid off a large balance on a 0% interest credit card that I got to help with um, homeownership expenses last October. I did that by paying off a set amount each month. Um, My next goal is going to be knocking out those student loans, um, which is great because I'm going to take the payments I was making toward the credit card and add those to my current student loan payments. Now that is some financial grown-up action. Bobby Rebell would be so proud, Emily. (laughs) One of my favorite things about Emily's victory is that she's maintaining that debt pay-down discipline now with her student loans. She's taking all that extra money that she's freed up and thrown it at that student debt. It is inevitable. Emily will achieve her debt freedom. I am sure of it. If you want to learn more about Emily and follow her path to debt freedom, check her out at wisemindmoney.com. That's wisemindmoney.com. Emily, thanks for sharing your win and congratulations for being our money master of the week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? I would love to highlight you and your win. Email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Emily did at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 95. Friends, if you are digging this show, I would really appreciate it if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This two-minute favor, this two-minute activity would mean a lot to me. Reviews, they're social proof that help this podcast grow. When people go in and they, they're looking for podcasts to listen to and they say, oh, that one's got a lot of reviews, well, let me give that a try. That's the, that's the podcast I want. So if you guys could help me out there, I would appreciate that. So for you Apple podcasters out there, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Stitcher. I just make it easier. I just put the the thing at the end of marriagekidsandmoney.com. Anyway, you get the idea. Thank you for considering it. I really appreciate it. The reviews, they mean a lot to me. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Warren Buffett. Do not save what is left after spending. Instead, spend what is left after saving. The smart money moves you make today will give you an incredible tomorrow. Carpe diem. 